Hey folks, James here, James from the podcast. Uh, apologies that there wasn't an episode last week. There might not be one next week as well. I am not sure yet. We might need to move to a uh, fortnightly schedule for a little bit. Uh, without going into the grim details, uh, some stuff is happening off in the real world that I have to deal with, which is making it harder to record and edit. But uh, we are aiming to get back to a regular weekly schedule very soon. Alright, enjoy. So don't take we won't take yes, let's be the Pods. Thirty-two. <laughs> Sorry, I burped over you, you doing that. Oh, do you, to, do you want to take another run at that? Yeah, sure. Let's... All right. Episode Bloody Blue of Bloods. Bling the Blue of Blue. Oh, see, I can't. <laughs> I had it all ready to go the first time, and now I've just, I've just lost my mojo. Mamma mia. Episode thirty-two of Pods in the Key of Springfield. Pods in the key of Springfield. Springfield. I knew you were going to summarise it. You always summarise it. <laughs> I don't know if it's so much a summary as a repetition. Today we're looking at... I mean, isn't real? It doesn't matter. Um, uh, today we're looking at Season 3, Episode 22, The Otto Show. The Otto Show. And we're looking at Season 3, Episode 23, Bart's Friend Falls in Love. Bart's Friend's heart smarts in this part. Yes. Uh, but Bert's Furt's falls in Kurtz. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, cool. So, season three, episode 22, The Otto Show. This starts with the chalkboard, because I've remembered to do the chalkboards. Yep. You're Nick, by the way. I'm James. I'm Nick, by the way. You're yep. James. Yes. Um, uh, I will not spin the turtle. Will not spin the turtle. Now, is this referring to a an, an an odd reptilian variation on the game spin the bottle is that what bart's doing here <laughs> the turtle spins around and whoever it bites you have to kiss <laughs> yeah i don't know that's my first thought so the auto show is an episode that going in in my head i'm like god oh, this is a i really like this episode this is like one of the top ones and watching it, it's fine it's good it's not it's, bad it's all right yeah I've got a, uh, my first note for this one just says, talk about Spinal Tap for 30 minutes. So maybe I'll just do that. <laughs> this is the Spinal Tap episode where the band Spinal Tap appears. Okay, when you said talk about Spinal Tap for 30 minutes, did you just mean repeat the phrase, the, re- repeat the words Spinal Tap for 30 minutes? Yeah, I'm going to say Spinal Tap over and over again. It'll repeat be the Spinal Tap phrase. Repeat the Spinal Tap phrase. Yes. Yes, and it'll end up being longer than Spinal Tap itself, a movie that runs for, I think, 82 minutes. I've seen that movie. Add it to the dossier. You have. You watched it with me. I forced you to. Uh, on a New Year's Eve. Yes. At my old, 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 old house. Yes. Where we got a call from one of our friends who was stuck somewhere down at Glenelg and she didn't know where she was. I, think, I recall that. I think she was drunk. Yeah, I think that might have been the case. On New Year's Eve. What are the odds? Outrageous behaviour. I went to her wedding like a week ago. And I remember coming back. At one point, I went off to... I, I might have gone for a cheeky wee. My yeah. preferred form of wee. Yeah. Uh, As came, opposed to a sneaky wee. Yeah, yeah. Which is when you're returning home and you find a bush. Sure. Um, and you had done, uh, you had changed the background of my computer. Had I? To, yes. Um, you had drawn a, uh, you had drawn a Mr. Burns in MS Paint <laughs> and you'd made, uh, you'd done a, a, a terrible speech bubble that said, hello, Nick, you are quite good at turning me on. Oh, had I? Yes, you had. It's quite inventive. I didn't have much time if you were just going to pee. Uh, it, I, you know, I mean, my cheeky weeds are somewhat of a production. Yeah, I thought this was like an anecdote that was going to cast aspersions on me, but now I feel like uh, it's quite creatively fulfilling to know that I did that. Yes. Also, I don't know if you've seen the huge uh, basket of flowers that I have next to me, but I will be casting nasturtions on you at some point as well. Well, I'll look forward to it. I think that's a Kath and Kim joke that I just stole. Anyway. I feel like that's the thing you do to like a dead body, so hopefully you, know, oh. you throw the... Anyway, uh, this is Spinal Tap. The... What was it? 1982, I think the film came out. 
Sure. Directed by Robert Reiner, written largely by Christopher Guest, but a lot of it's improvised. It's Rob Reiner, did he have a Seinfeld connection? Uh, yeah, I think he might have been a producer on Seinfeld. Okay, sure. Yeah. It is maybe my favorite film, or it's right up there. It's one of my absolute favorites. This is Spinal Tap. Interesting. And yeah. if am I correct in understanding that it is also the the progenitor of the mockumentary style of film? Was it the first mockumentary? It wasn't the first, but it is certainly one that people point to as like this is an incredibly good example of that genre. There were uh, like, that genre goes back much further than that, but right. this is Spinal Tap is. Uh, I mean, it was the start of Christopher Guest's career as a mockumentary maker. Okay. He was, of course, the director of Waiting for Guffman, which came up last episode. Really? Yeah. Isn't it nice when things tie back to each other? He plays Nigel in the film. This is Spinal Tap. Um, oh, d- damn it. I was hoping that he would have a couple of incidental characters, because then he would be a Christopher Guest star. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Dave Callan, is that you? Oh, I guess it is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody made a pun and I arrived. That's Whoa. not my. That's not my Dave Callan. Uh, what was that? I, I'm not sure. It's like Billy Conley's dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, Billy'd be much, much slower. Billy's dad. Yeah, I guess he much would. Mirror like that. That was. So this can't is... wait to get complaints about my accent. <laughs> Every time I've aimed for a, a United Kingdom slash Great Britain accent, I've got you know. Lord Palmerston. So uh, this operates as a interesting little semi-sequel to Spinal Tap in some ways, which they'd already done. A return of Spinal Tap was a thing that popped up in like 1986 or so. Uh, See, I heard a rumor somewhere yeah. on the line that, and maybe you can clarify whether or not this is the case. I heard because Harry Shearer is one of the Spinal Tap guys, right? Yeah. Um, Who is, of course, a voice actor on the Simpsons on the Simpsons as well. As well yes. yes. Um, I heard a rumor that they need to use those characters every four or five years, otherwise they fought like the copyright of the character falls into the studio rather than Harry Shearer's name, and then I, I don't really that that doesn't really jive with my understanding of copyright law. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it also I mean if it was if you're saying it was eighty one or eighty two, and then they did returns in eighty six, and then this is ninety two, that timeline of five to six years does. Kind I feel of work like they out. might have put out an album in like ninety one as well, maybe. Really, it's a. I know you brought this up with me because I said to you, hey, "Have you seen this uh, this new Derek Smalls album that Harry Shearer is putting out as his character in Spinal Tap? It's right. not good. Right. It uh, misses the boat pretty severely." Uh, that does that would kind of make sense, but they were fairly quiet for a long time. I think they played Live Aid about probably about six years ago, actually. So they Live might be, Aid. I think it was whatever whatever that big festival is that they do. The modern one that was a nightmare. Possibly? Band-Aid. Band-Aid? I don't know. They played something. Right, okay. They played one of those charity things. Sure, Charity sure, sure, shows. Because sure. there, uh, there was a recent one of the... Well, when I say recent, I mean like 2010. Like, Fallout Boy played it. And yeah. a bunch of other stuff. But it was, like, widely regarded as being the worst thing that's happened ever. <laughs> you know, people demanding private jets and limousines yeah. to fly hey, them too. around to do okay. this. I remember Bono saying that he would make up for it by planting, like, a heap of trees... Oh, that's going to fix everything. Come on, Bono. Come on, Fucking Bono. Um, Nick, are you talking you two to me right now? Uh, no. Did you see the... Uh, this is not important for the podcast. You can cut this out. <laughs> um, Scotch Octopus made me laugh today with the tweet that was, are you talking R-E-M re-me? Yeah, that's his new podcast. Oh, is that actually... Yeah, yeah he's got an R-E-M podcast. Oh, well, I like <laughs> it. That's the name of it. I like it less now that I know it's tied to content. Um <laughs> Interesting note here when there's a joke about Homer's uh, hearing loss from going to heavy metal concerts. Yeah, his severe tinnitus. Uh, yes. I genuinely... Is it, I've always thought it was tinnitus. I don't know. Whatever. I recommend that anyone who is still going to gigs and doesn't wear earplugs, just wear earplugs. And I don't mean from a health and safety point of view. I just mean the sound guy, the guy who is responsible for making it sound good, he's wearing earplugs. So if you're not wearing earplugs, you're not getting the same experience as him, which means the sound is going to be not quite balanced right for you. I like the way you said that, as if anyone is still going to gigs, like gigs that just aren't a thing anymore, that 
Well, I my context for that is I used to go to a lot of gigs, and now I'm old. You went to a gig like three weeks ago. Somebody sent me a video of you dancing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I, I guess I used to. Okay, I used to go to a gig a week, whereas now it's like a gig every six months. Yeah, because um, uh, I'm old, and I figure podcast listeners generally quite old <laughs> potentially. So it's um it's interesting because this episode does have Spinal Tap in, and I think that's why in my head I've always thought this is a fantastic episode that I love. Rewatching it. I don't think they quite nail down the, the Spinal Tap vibe. They play like... Break Like the Wind is the song they play in here, which is not from the movie. It's from one of the albums they put out after the movie, and it's not that funny a song. Right. It's uh, all the jokes they're telling, like uh, Spinal Tap suddenly being very successful in Rich Again doesn't really gel well with, I think, the vibe right. of the, the movie. The, the, the Spinal vibe. Yes. I feel like uh, mm. Michael McKean, Christopher Guest still have their characters. Harry Shear has always seemed like the one who has the least grip on who his character is exactly. Right. Because he was always sort of like the third, you know, he wasn't part of the main two. I really <laughs> wanted you to say the third banana. Third banana? He's not the third banana. He's the, he's the third uh, uh, foil-wrapped cucumber of the band. Who wraps cucumbers in foil? It's in the movie. Oh, fuck. Because he's going through that metal detector, and then uh, they, because he's got the fake penis, and it's just a cucumber wrapped in foil. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember that part of the movie. It's a good movie. Um, I really enjoy when we have the the flashback. Actually, I've got a note about them not quite hitting the Spinal Tap vibe. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, the whole joke of the... Well, not the whole joke. One of the jokes in the Spinal Tap movie is that it's a band with three bass guitars. Am I right? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, I don't think so, but I, I'm not as I, musically inclined as you, so that might be a, I, a I, thing I'd be less inclined to notice. I feel like I've seen like a performance of Big Bottom on Saturday Night Live, and the joke of it is, on the bass, Derek Smalls, on the bass, the other character name, and on the bass, the foil-wrapped <laughs> cucumber of the band, Harry <laughs> Shearer. That was... Uh, Derek Smalls. Oh, <laughs> it is entirely possible. That is part of it, though. But because um, in The Simpsons, I'm actually going to check this right now because I know that there will be <laughs> listeners screaming at their podcatcher of choice <laughs> uh, saying, just look it up, you fuckwits. Yeah, they're trying to give us a five star rating, but uh, they need us to clarify this first. Yes. Okay, so there's a guitar in that one because they were drawn in The Simpsons as having two guitars and a bass. And yeah, okay, cool. I'm seeing some pictures of the band with guitars and basses. Then why did I think that they all had... Well, maybe they did for that one performance. Maybe they did for that one song. Those are all pictures of Derek Smalls when you type in Spinal Tap bassist. Harry Shear himself. What? Sex farm woman. Can't you see my solo rising high? Etc. It's a very good movie. Hmm. I feel like even you liked the movie. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Fuck. Play. Maybe it was just Big Bottom because it was a riff on the fact that it had the song had a big bottom end because it had four bases. Doesn't matter. Anyway, it's a good song. Big bottom is it? Um, uh, when Homer drops off Bart and Milhouse to the musical performance concert. Sure, yeah. Um, I do enjoy that he does the cheeky, you know, oh, some of the best times I've had have been in the back of a car, and we get to, you know the cutaway to. Lover's Lane or wherever it is, and we're here. Fuck Mountain, yeah. <laughs> Fuck Mountain. Yep. Wow. It's an Arrested Development reference, oh, which okay. I feel the need to say just so people aren't listening saying, hey, he stole that from Arrested Development. Because I was happy to assume that was yours, and I, and I yeah, was going to make... I don't want to take credit. And I was going to make a joke about how that's one mountain where you might not necessarily want them to take your photo as you're coming down the big... Yeah, ain't no man high enough. Got it. Um, <laughs> nothing's <laughs> going to keep me from you. Um... Um, yeah, we see Homer on Fuck Mountain making pleasurable noises and the cars rocking back and forth, and then he's just in the back eating a pizza and a hot dog at the same time. Yeah. But I really enjoy the contented rocking that he's doing. Yeah. I feel like it's been uh, a very, very, very long time since I've been so happy with what I've been eating that I've been caused to rock back and forwards. I like the implication here that Homer is shame eating as well. Shame eating. He has to drive up to the top of Fuck Mountain just to enjoy a big old pizza because he doesn't want anyone to know what he's doing. See, I never took it as shame. I just thought that he's like, well, this is a really nice area. 
It's a place where people go to do nice things, well, to, to do fun things. Yeah. This is my version of a fun thing. Fucking this hot dog. And then while he's eating the hot dog, Sonic the Hedgehog comes past. Hey, is that a chili dog? <laughs> do you want to fuck? Jesus. Hope people listen to last week's episode. Although now that I say that, I don't know how enticing an invitation that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I hope no one listened to last week's episode. Uh, if you want to understand why Sonic was fucking the hot dog <laughs> in this week's episode... You'll have to go back and listen to last week's. Uh, so the Spinal Tap concert gets trashed because yes. uh, they fuck everything up. Absolutely. And it's everything. a rock concert, not the Bleat and Splash Splash show. Yeah, see, I ca- uh, even though you said that you feel like it doesn't really hit all of the Spinal Tap notes that you want it to, there are some excellent one-liners here along the way. Yes, yeah, so that's true. Splash Blow. Our semi-inflated Dark Lord. Dark Lord. Yep, yep. Yep. It's a good episode. It's okay. It's an okay episode. Yeah. Um, the the Route 401 thing does make me laugh because it's like, you know, so many times I've been to a gig and you just see the band panda blindly to the audience like that. Mm. And I do enjoy that. It's a very good um, distillation of, the, of the, the pandering. I don't know if I've ever been to a show where I haven't been told we're one of the best audiences in the world. And I always kind of believe it as well when I hear it. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of believe it. I always think, yeah, we are a good audience, aren't we? Yeah, this has been a good night. Yeah, we have been reacting favorably to this artist we paid a lot of money to come and see. I have, I mean, I've been to gigs where gigs and shows where they haven't said, hey, Adelaide, you're one of the best audiences I've had. And then I go... That's interesting. Yeah. That almost makes the other times we've been told we're good seem more accurate. Yeah. Because if someone is like, anyway. Look at this huffy piece of shit thinks he's better than me in my town. Hey. Have you ever, I know it's a, a trope, but have you ever been to a show or a gig where they have, they have said the wrong city? No. I have. Ooh. Rise Against, a an American punk band in 2000 and, I reckon 2009. Um, they came out and the first thing they said was Sydney, Australia, how's it going? And it's like, oh no, we're not Sydney. We're Adelaide. Good thing it wasn't Melbourne. Like, good thing they they didn't say Melbourne, Australia, how are you going? Or we would have kicked the shit out of them. Well, good thing they didn't go to Melbourne and say, hello, Sydney, or good day, Sydney, it's us. Whichever band this is. Rise Against, was it? (laughs) Rise Against, it was. (laughs) That's very well done. So, but, little buddy boy, little buddy boy, little, little buddy boy, he gets himself an electric guitar, his parents buy him an electric guitar, so he'll be a electric guitarman, right? He'll be an electric guitarman. Yeah. Something interesting about the design of the electric guitar, mm. it has a speaker built into it. Yeah, seems to be a wireless electric guitar. Yes, and it... Just as is speech, uh, featured in the movie, this is Spinal Tap, and then it starts picking up radio frequencies during the show and ruins it. Oh. During a performance of Sex Farm. Okay, but, well, a wireless... I, I don't remember the movie, but a wireless mm. electric guitar in that sense probably means that there is no wire connecting it to the amp. The difference between mm. that and Bart's guitar is it appears to have an amp and a speaker built into it. Yes. Um, which is uh, interesting. Also, um, I think I mentioned before in an episode before that the guitar is the clearest indication we get that Bart is left-handed. Yes, you have mentioned that. Yeah, because he yeah. holds the guitar left-handed styles, and then Otto flips it round, which would put the strings in the wrong order, by the way, Yeah, uh, and plays it right-handed. Or maybe he's just so good that he can just play it in reverse. Maybe. Who knows? Mabes. And then uh, the late for school, so Otto starts driving really fast, and he kills the band's spinal tap. Or maybe Bart is playing a right-handed guitar left-handed styles like Jimi Hendrix first did. Okay. And actually, we went to school with a guy called Brad that did that too. Okay. N- not not your friend Brad, some other Brad. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So yeah, uh, Spinal Tap are dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, these people are dead. Let's let's focus on the uh, the now, victims of what I want to know, have they been killed in real life as well? That's typically how it works. It's um what people don't understand about animation. Animation is very complex. To kill a character in a show, it's not like regular live action where you can just um the person can pretend to be dead. Mm. They have to actually kill the people portraying the characters. Well, that was my understanding. That's why you so rarely see deaths in, like, children's cartoons, because they'd have to kill the actors. Because they don't want blood on Miffy's hands, that's why. Yeah. Miffy. That's where I've gone with the children's cartoon <laughs> reference. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, that doesn't that un- wash out of her fur, either. 
Did you find it unnerving the way that Miffy in the the TV show never breaks eye contact with the camera? There, there's like, because that was Miffy's whole thing, right? She's always barreling the camera. Yeah. But there are scenes where I remember a scene where Miffy is like getting some cupcakes out of an oven, mm. and it's like Miffy, come on, you've got to look at the oven. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to end up burning your hands if you you're go to burning your blood-stained little hands. <laughs> I mean, it bothered me that Miffy's mouth was your like your little uh, blood-stained paws. Yeah, her mouth is basically stitched shut, though, wasn't it? It was just a little X. Was that Miffy? Oh, uh, is she? Yeah, that, that that's Miffy. D- yeah. D- do you think she's like um, an asylum seeker in the middle of a protest, and she showed sewed her lips shut? <laughs> I don't know. I think. Uh... Did I take that to too dark a place? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard to take a joke about like a little blood-stained rabbit girl with her lips sewn shut to too dark a place. That's true. <laughs> um, when we see Homer in the car yep. uh, during the concert, singing little not, Spanish play, not before the concert, like I mentioned before, this is now yeah. during the concert. Don't, don't you dare get confused about this. We're talking about two separate incidents. Two separate incidents. Two little different colors. So try to keep up, please. It's polite. So he's eating a bag of chips. Yep. The bag of chips has a name that I really enjoyed. You may have heard me screw like uh, like a little excited thing. You were very excited about this. <clears throat> Snorfels. Snorfels. S N O R F L E S. Snorfels chips. Wonderful branding. What I would like, and I haven't run this past you, but I'm going to throw it out and see if you keep it in or keep it out. All right, cool. I would like someone who is better at any kind of graphic design than you or I to look at the Frankiac. And then throw it away. No, to to recreate the Snorfels branding in a way where I can use a website to get it printed on a t-shirt. I want a Snorfels chip shirt. You want a Snorfels shirt? <laughs> I want a Snorfels chip shirt. The thing is, you're going to be mobbed by so many people who get that reference everywhere you go. I know, right? Snorfy. It's going to go down in one of my in one of the top three of my ridiculously <laughs> niche shirts. I got no idea what the fuck is going on with your shirt today, uh, by the way. This this shirt. Okay, so this is a uh, there's a, a punk band from Perth called the the Decline. Yeah. Uh, this is a set list from one of their gigs that I scanned in in high resolution and got it printed onto a shirt. Huh, okay. And it looks cool because it's because it's got all the rips and like the folds of the paper and stuff. It actually looks like just a piece of paper that's been yeah, taped to my it's shirt. It's cool. Yeah. shirt I'm wearing today is a yeah, what promo you shirt from a board game that I got Final to play at uh, a year or two ago. Final War. I've never heard of that board they gave game. Gave me a copy of the game and a t-shirt. What a surprise that I haven't heard of a board game. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. There's I mean, Monopoly. Of... There's Final War, there's... and then there's a uh, Trouble. Yes. Have you heard of Trouble? Uh. Uh, Not to be confused with Deep Deep Trouble. Oh, there's actually there's a Deep Deep Trouble reference coming up in the latter half of this oh, episode. Oh, oh. Uh, a nice little bit of forward sell there. Um, the last board game I played was uh, Operation, but like a, a branded version where you are Miffy and you're not allowed to look at the Operation <laughs> as you're doing it. You just have to stare blindly at your opponent while you stab around with tweezers. <laughs> while you try to unstitch their lips. Unstitch their lips. Oh, the um, the sequel the images. to the the sequel to Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Uh, <laughs> Unstitch my lips. I sh- say you love me again. Actually, it would be more. <laughs> <laughs> Distressing. <sighs> very very good. I want to talk a bit about Otto's position as the bus driver man. Sure. Uh, he... uh, pronounce it correctly, please. The bus driver man. The bus driver man. Yes. Yeah. Bus driver man. Scott Ackerman's uh, name. Uh, so <laughs> he, he talks about how his father said he would amount to nothing. His father, the Admiral. I know where this is going. He's going to amount to nothing. And then he thinks, uh, you know, maybe he was right. But here's the thing. Yes. Otto has maybe the most stable job I've ever seen portrayed in anything. Because his license is... It turns out he doesn't have a license. Doesn't have a license. And Skinner doesn't fire him. He just says, well, you need to go and get your license. And then yes. you can have your job bag, like, yes, immediately. Totally. And you know the other... That's not where I thought you were going to go. Where I thought you were going to go mm. is... I'm disappointed that Otto has a moment of realisation of... Oh, my father said I was going to amount to nothing. Oh, uh, and then the subtext of 
Oh, he's right. I have amounted to nothing. Because what did we take great pleasure from in an earlier episode? And now I drive the school bus. Yeah. And for you and your friends, that was a, a, a wonderful um, affirming moment of clarity. Yeah, of course. You know, that became a phrase of like minor triumph. And mm. But now Otto has deviated from the position of minor triumph. But it's like, it's a perfectly good job. It's got the most ridiculous... Uh, like safety net I've ever seen any job have. He yes. just like they refuse to fire him. It's great. He's uh, it's you know it's five days a week. It seems to pay for his life style. Yeah, much more reasonable than the job the Beatles had, which was eight days a week, as far as I could tell. Yeah, and then the tax man took everything from them anyway. Right. Yeah. They're working a statistically untenable number of days per week. Yeah. And then the tax man came and takes nearly all of it. Yeah. No wonder um, they had to burn all that Norwegian wood they had. <laughs> right. Just to keep the house warm. Ah. Couldn't afford the heating anymore. No, and especially not in um, not in the year of... Uh, <laughs> when was Revolver released? <laughs> the, the, that's, I don't think we had any way of knowing. <laughs> I, I think between the two of us, we consume a lot of podcasts. We cast a broad net of a podcast. Yeah. Do you think that the Revolver 1966 joke is perhaps the most fucked recurring joke... <laughs> For any, I mean, why? We're, we are, as you like to say, nominally a Simpsons podcast. Why is our most often referred to callback joke a year of the release of an album? And I have long lost track of why we're doing that. Speaking of callbacks, the coffee machines made an appearance. Ah, uh, the seventh member. <laughs> uh, any minute now, Motorbike Mike will go straight past. Yeah. Um, and Driving then, around the streets of Adelaide, which I consider to be a character in the podcast, it'll be a it'll be a whole pod reunion. <laughs> Fuck. God damn. I don't know if there was anything worth keeping in that last three minutes. It's all in. Ah, it's all in. <laughs> ah, so Otto goes to live in the Simpsons garage, and yes. uh, oh, oh, garage. Moderate times ensue. Moderate. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite lines Yes A line I use a lot I wouldn't say how The Simpsons has ruined my life But whenever anyone refers to um, Bible or Ten Commandments I do like to say Thou shalt not let mooches into thine hut That's um, a good line Good line yeah. Mooches Mooches good word By the way Nick um, While we're here Just so I get this um, on the recording Can I, can I borrow like Like $4,000? $4,000 Let's say 4000 right? Actually, I'm better gonna, make it four and a half. I'm going to have to ask you to leave my hut. Okay. Before you kick me out, i got some more mooching I need to do. All right? <laughs> sure. All right. Is it going to turn into some smooching? <laughs> Let's hope not. Well, that's for the next episode. I mean, in my experience, like, any mooch you get into any sort of home or house are you gonna, can only stay there for nine days. Are you going to become... <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's the button. Scaramooch, scaramooch. <laughs> Can you only stay for nine days? <laughs> you ruined it. No, it's ah. fine. <laughs> Fuck. There's a line in this episode where Otto talks about wanting to read something. And he's going through different things he might like to read. And he asks Marge if she has anything from the vampire's point of view. Yes, that's a very, very good niche request. Extremely specific line. I remember in the commentary they get into that line, but I don't remember what they say exactly. Good. So I, good. Glad you brought it up. So I decided to Google it. <laughs> oh, okay. And I ended up on the WikiHow page for how to write a novel about vampires. Fuck. Good. Have you got any tips for me? I just feel like if you decide you want to write a novel about vampires and you start by reading the WikiHow page, like that's not going to help. Mm. I don't think. It's not going to give you the... I mean, you're not going to write a standout classic if you just connect in the dots from WikiHow. Also, that boat has sort of passed. Like, uh, there's a time where you could have written a book from the vampire's point of view and done very well. I feel like the vampire fad sort of died out. You know, um, the author of the Twilight books... Twilight, yes. Twilight, about uh, Eddie Cullen. <laughs> yeah. uh, I forget what the I... author's name is. Like, Susan Collins, is it? No, that's someone else entirely. I spent three years on that Twilight, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, she wrote a, another book that was, like, entirely from the vampire's point of view. And then really? it cancelled it because oh. it, like, leaked online or something. Yeah. I like to imagine the entire book was just uh, him thinking, Holy shit, she actually believes I'm a vampire? I'm getting away with this? What the fuck? 
Oh, you think he's just a creepy old man masquerading as a vampire? A creepy young boy masquerading as a vampire, I suppose, pretending to be an old man. Oh, Who creepy knows? young boy pretending to be a creepy old man. Yeah. So that's like a, a double-layered creep sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, by the way, I've been meaning to talk about your dinner plans because I'm not into this double-layered creep sandwich you've been offering me. Oh, well, that's awkward. You ever read that Goosebumps book, Calling All Creeps? <laughs> what? Oh, calling all. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not hearing you correctly today, despite being the only one of us wearing headphones that are connected to the microphone. Except for Otto, who is constantly wearing headphones throughout this episode, by I... the way. I think it's part of his character model that really started to bug me after a while. I thought you said colon all creeps. <laughs> and I was just like, what, like the the, the bum part? No, let's not, let's not talk about See, colons. the punctuation colon or creeps would definitely be like the name <laughs> of an anime or something. They always There's always like punctuation just... Punctuation where it shouldn't in, be. Yeah, just in the middle. Mm. Mm. In the middle of a dream. I, I've done all the dumb things. I don't know what I'm doing here. Let's talk more about The Simpsons. I've got one note left for this episode and it simply says unicycle. Yeah, Bart had a unicycle. Yeah, and but Bart... if something's hard to do, it's not worth doing. Homer says exactly. So put that guitar in with your unicycle and your shortwave radio and your third thing, judo um, outfit. I think it was uh, karate outfit. Yeah, your shortwave radio, your karate outfit, and your unicycle. Take them um, all, throw them in the cupboard. Throw them in the cupboard. Have you ridden a unicycle? No. I have once. It's really scary. I can imagine. I don't have particularly good balance. And what you need to do for a unicycle is that you actually need to be leaning slightly forward the whole time. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. It is not a comfortable riding <laughs> position. Because what you want to do is sit upright or maybe even slightly back so that you don't fall on your face. But what that means is you fall on your little bum. Oh, oh fall on the little bum. All right. So Otto gets his license back because of this whole plot thread we didn't really talk about with Patty and Selma at the DMV because it's bad. Yep. And uh, they all hate Homer, so he gets his license back. And he's an irresponsible driver. He's got the kids back. Kids back. And the episode's fine. Sure. It's not a masterpiece. No. It's not one of the best episodes of season three, Do you but think, it's solid. Do you think Spinal Tap should have played a bigger part, or were you happy with the first third exit? I think it's good that they only play a small part. If anything, they could have had an even smaller part, and I think it probably would have been better. Smaller part? I just, I don't know, I just didn't feel... A Derek Smalls apart? Oh, I'd love to live in a Derek Smalls apartment. What, just a Derek Smalls themed apartment? (laughs) Yeah, sure, why not? Lots of blunt mullet cuts and stuff. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing anymore, Nick. I don't know how to make these jokes work. (laughs) Right, fair enough. That's fair. (laughs) Could be a problem. Uh, Yeah. Solid episode of uh, The Simpsons. That's fine. Next episode, pretty good, I think. I like this next one. Uh, what did we say it was? Bert's Furt. Furt. <laughs> yeah, Bert's Furt. Uh, hurt Smurt in this part. Right, cool. Bart's friend's heart. Smurt's in this part, aka Bart's friend falls in love. Bart's friend falls in love. Chalkboard, I will not snap bras. Yeah. Now, my first thought here was that. Um, I think, because Bart's what, grade four? Grade four, yeah. Year four? Yeah. That seems too young for um, for his uh, student colleagues to have started wearing bras. So whose bras is he snapping? Oh, that's a good question. He's walking around to all the adult women of Springfield, jumping up. Yeah, it's a real reach from that it's age. It's a real yeah. reach from that age. Anyway. Yeah, because Krabappel seems like a... Um... A relatively tall woman. Relatively tall? Yeah. I wouldn't say she was the world's tallest. No. Are you sure, though? Maybe in this world she is. Dun, dun, dun. Do we ever meet a woman taller than Krabappel in The Simpsons? Um, I feel like Ruth Powers is quite tall. Yeah? Um, Are you sure she wasn't just, like, intimidating and powerful? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Oh. Uh, my first note for this is that in the this era of the simpsons skinner had so much more depth and kind of so many more facets than he does now i find his vietnam flashbacks very funny for reasons i have a hard time articulating yeah i know that the um the people behind the simpsons have talked about how they just thought it would be very funny for a cartoon character to have been in the vietnam war sure and i think that is a large part of it he's just like he's uh the silly schoolman Sure, Another yes. Scott Ackerman nickname, <laughs> but he also has these horrific memories of Vietnam that keep haunting him, and there's something funny about that. Yeah, 
And the way that, you know, snapping in and out of um, dramatic... Which, I mean, I suppose the interesting thing is, if I was watching a, a live-action sitcom and they had a character that kept dramatically turning to dramatically... Uh, sorry, that kept turning to dramatically lit windows to make uh, these deep uh, soliloquies about their times of previous trauma in the Vietnam War, I would hate that scene and, by extension, that sitcom. But it works in a cartoon for me. Yeah. Because the, I guess it's because the action is so fast. Like he turns and he's facing the window in like three frames of animation. Yeah. Snaps back really fast. That's it's true. Like, because comedy is all t- I don't know if you know this, Nick, but comedy is all timing. I enjoyed the unnecessary long gap and the weird stumble on timing there. Yeah. Timing. Yeah. It was good. It's because, you know, to get, to get comedy right, you have to have the timing down. Right. Yeah. Um, cool. Speaking of... It's uh, all timing, Nick. Speaking of getting things right, yep. I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I just wanted, thought I should quickly mention it because I've just remembered. Remembered. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were doing an episode, we talked about uh, the yo-yo craze and you put a line in your Tinder bio mid-episode. Oh, yes. Saying, and oh, yes, I really hate yo-yos. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, was that in... Um, the yo- it wasn't in the yo-yo episode. It, it was in, in the yo-yo it was, episode. It was in Bart Falls in Love or whatever that episode's called. No, it was in the yo-yo one. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, during the yo-yo episode that you did that? Not yes. when Not when Bart was chatting up Krabappel? That's the same episode, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because he gets oh, detention yeah. from plucking the pickle. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, I have watched The Simpsons many times. <laughs> um, uh, so, do, do you want to report back to our listeners? Has there been any... Any luck in the world with that bio line in your uh, online dating adventures? So far, I've had one response. One response. And it was, it took me a while to remember where that's from, but now I remember. Good. Yeah, solid. Solid. All right. Yeah. So, when's the wedding? Ah, uh, it was last weekend. Did you not get the invite? Mm, that's awkward. No, I was, um, no, didn't get that invite. Ah, no. that would explain it. It was really awkward, actually, because you were meant to be the best man. And we're all just standing there like, where the fuck is Nick? Where's Nicky? Where the where is the ring? He's meant to have the ring. So it was got, like best man and page boy. Yeah, so it it, it actually it got really awkward. Um she actually left me at the altar. Good. That was the worst part. I think, uh, I think that's for the best. Yeah. So you might have noticed that I've been drinking pretty heavily today. It's because <laughs> yeah, you never showed up and the wedding got cancelled. To be fair though. Mm. Yes, you have been drinking heavily, but mm. I mean, nothing in that struck me as being out of the ordinary. Yeah. I mean, it was it was really bad. She went and like burnt down my house. She was really angry about everything. It's, uh, yeah, I've got nothing. I'm, I've actually been living in your garage. I don't know if you've noticed I'm down there. You might have noticed the smell. I did because notice. Because I have not been showering. I, I did notice the smell. Mm. Uh, something else I noticed in the Fuzzy Bunny's Guide to You Know What. Mm. Uh, when Fuzzy and Furry, is that the, the lady bunny in that? I think it is. Might have been. Yeah. Fuzzy and Furry, one of the activities that go on when they start courting mm. is they go to the boat show. Now. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. What does that mean? That means that, A, neither of those characters are in deep, deep trouble. Yeah. And if you're not sure what we're talking about, maybe go back and look at Eat My Shorts number two, I think, is when we do. Three. Uh, three. Fuck. Um, when we do uh, Deep Deep Trouble. Now you can't go to the boat show. What else does it mean is at the time, something I didn't realise, yeah. we talked about how the boat show was a, I believe, um, a, a representation of, of, of a liminal state of, uh, you know, boats are a method of uh, independent transport, yeah. things like that. It also turns out that going to the boat show may be a metaphor for sexual interactions. So, and so Homer is banning in deep, deep trouble a song mm. that The Simpsons did. Yes, yes. Homer is banning his son from sexual interactions. Interesting. One, one possible interpretation there. Huh. I mean, as a ten-year-old boy, is but not already inherently banned from sexual interactions? Uh, I don't know if there's an inherent ban. Mm. But um, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I, sorry. By that I mean. Yes, there are laws in place. Yeah. But, but you know. But Homer need to explicitly outline in that moment. No fucking for you. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no boat shows equals, you know, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's 
or maybe it's just a maybe it's just a pleasant little activity that uh, Fuzzy and Furry Bunny wanted to uh, experience. We skipped over a few things here, so I'm going to yep. rewind back. Uh, so if we start out, top quality rewinding effect. Thank you. <laughs> Does that effect um, mean anything to uh, to children? Because have they rewound a a an audio cassette tape while it was still being played and making sound? I doubt it. That's probably true. Yeah, probably all of the touchstones of my youth are well gone. By now, now it would be. An instantaneous skip pack, followed by a little bit of buffering, and then the rest <laughs> of the podcast continues. We open with an Indiana Jones parody. Oh yes, where Bart steals a bunch of coins. Sure, a jar of coins from his dad, and then he goes all Indiana Jones, and he bursts out the door, leaps onto the bus. The bus drives away. Um, a few questions here. Yes. Okay, so Homer is getting up very late today. He should be up and ready for work as he has most days at the same time the kids are. That's a good point. Lisa seemingly does not get on the get up and get on the bus. That's true. Where she's, the fuck is Lisa? She's nowhere to be seen in this scene. I don't recall her being in this episode when I think about it. Oh. Is she in the episode? I don't think she's in this episode. I can't recall a single instance where Lisa appears. Um there might be I don't know. Oh, um, no, 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 no. Yes, she talks to Homer and... Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like a whole subplot. There's a whole Fuck. subplot with the magazine. i got to look at my notes. <laughs> yeah. Because she pops Shit. up just after the Good Morning, morning Burger and he God, says, that's Lisa, lot. that's a load of rich, creamery butter. God, there's a lot in this episode. Yeah, there is. We haven't even touched on like that whole thing, but yeah, okay, so she just doesn't go to school that day, I guess. I guess not. Yeah. Um, what I want to know, do we see, and maybe this just shows how little attention we're paying to the show, do we see a payoff with Bart and all the coins? Does he put those coins towards anything? No. He's just stolen a big jar of coins, just f- for no apparent reason. Just a fun thing they wanted to do, and I guess. Is that, is that the swear jar from an earlier episode, or is that a different jar? Oh, has it like, could be the has, swear jar. Has Homer got two independent jars of coins yeah. now? Well, the swear jar was originally used to buy a doghouse. That's true. So maybe it's filled up again. But has he replenished it again? Is he still on a no-swearing ban? It's hard to say. What's the continuity of these things, James? I guess we'll never know. Um, so when they're watching Smartline and they're talking about the overweightness of um, America, yeah, uh, they show a dramatisation of what Santa would look like if he was in a hospital. Mm. Uh, in a hospital bed getting the defibrillators. Yep. Um, that reminded me of... Uh, so, I don't think I talked about this in the podcast before. The town of Adelaide, which is where we are, yeah. um, there's a town about, there's a smaller town about an hour outside of Adelaide called um, Lobethal. Yeah. Lobethal is known um, in South Australia as having basically most of the town gets on board with doing big Christmas light displays. And you can drive around the streets and every house has, you know, their whole front yard done up in uh, Christmas lights. And it's a very nice place to be in the lead up to Christmas. Um once I went to the Lobethal Lights with some friends, we were driving around, having a nice time. Um, I wasn't driving, so I was getting drunk because I live in a binary world where those are my options. Yeah. Um, and then, it's called Australia. <laughs> very good. Yeah. We were tuned into uh, the local temporary radio station, mm. which was playing Christmas carols and also giving bits of information on, hey, if you go down bloody... Tint Street, then that's got good whatever. Tint Street, sure. Sure, whatever. I made up a street name. And one of the songs they played was a song about how uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was in Australia and got skin cancer. Okay. And I'm howling with laughter in the back of my friend's car about what an inappropriate song this is. No one found it as funny as I did. And the dramatisation of Santa trying to get his heart restarted <laughs> when he's dying in a hospital bed kind of reminded me about the song about the reindeer of skin, with skin cancer. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Is this a song, do you think we'd be able to like find the song? Or? I don't know. I've, I've never actually gone to look for it. <laughs> That's just an anecdote that I keep on my sleeve sometimes. And Maybe I've... it's just a thing was just like, it's a fun thing that happened and it can just remain that forever. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe the song ceased to exist mm. after that night. We've uh, we skipped past a few things and I've had a note on my page that I've been dying to get to since the moment I wrote it down. Sure. You mind that it's all in caps on my page? I'm very excited. But, uh, well, that is all in page. Okay. All in caps on your page. 
So we got Samantha Stanky in this episode, right? Stanky. The little girl that Millhouse Max on, right? Sure. Yeah, okay. So I want to talk about Samantha a bit because uh, are you aware of who is playing Samantha Stanky in this episode? Oh, is it someone who I would recognize? It's not someone you would recognize. Oh, is that because they've done some content? That is voiced by Kimmy Robertson, who plays Lucy in Twin Peaks. Oh, God. I like the twin. Twins. And then lives inside a twin. Sanehi Peaks. Twin Peaks. Lucy. Who is, of course, married to Andy. Her son is Wally Brando, played by Michael Sarah. And I became very, very excited, having somehow never realized that it was Kimmy fucking Robertson playing Samantha Stanky. Right. And this gets me thinking, is there meant to be some sort of further implication for that? Is there some sort of crossover happening here? Is uh, Samantha, who is sent, obviously, to tempt Millhouse, is she some sort of tulpa from the Black Lodge? I don't know. Tulpa? Yeah. <laughs> I, I recently re-listened to the um, Reply All episode about tulpas. Yes. Anyway. Well, this is a... Uh, I don't know, man. This is this is my installment of a Sneaky Peaks. Sneaky Peaks. Because I'm... A subsidiary podcast of Pods <laughs> in the Key of Springfield, the online podcast that is also a podcast. I'm just very excited that Kimmy Robertson is in this episode. Right. And I was just saying that, you know, I'm often thinking about Twin Peaks, which is out on Blu-ray in Australia today, by the way, the today? last season. Yeah. Oh, happy, happy Twin Peaks Blu-ray release day. Yeah. I already imported it from the UK a while ago, but it's available today uh... across Australia. And if anyone has taken anything away from this podcast, is that they must watch Twin Peaks. Okay. So I'm very excited. She pops up. She plays a very important role in season three, especially towards... I don't want to spoil anything, but... Yep, Kimmy Giblet played Kimmy a very Robinson. important... She's also one of the more active cast members at, like, Twin Peaks fan conventions. She tends to show up to all of them. Right, yep, Kimmy Giblet. Which Giblet's. is cool. Yeah, Kimmy yep. Giblets, yep. Yep. And she's the best. I'm very happy she's in this, and... Right. Uh, Right, interesting. I just I just like Twin Peaks so much. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. Have I mentioned that on this podcast? Uh, once or twice in yeah. passing. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy that uh, this episode has the Good Morning Burger, which I think I've mentioned on a previous podcast that I'm that I want to do the Good Morning Burger as an Eat My Shorts episode. Yeah. I mean, what is this an ad for exactly? It's just like they're showing how a burger is made. You never hear like a restaurant name. No, I, you don't hear a restaurant name. That's an interesting point. But and then I, later on, you see like was it chocolate bar being covered in honey and sugar? Yeah, and rich creamery butter. Yeah, but I mean, what it, is this? It's weird that those have, uh, the the same voiceover is for both of those because I agree that they are completely unrelated. But I also think that if you think back to '90s food ads, mm. I think they were a lot closer to, hey, here's the new. McFuck burger here's what goes into it you get a chili dog you get a Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> you wrap them up in a bun and you throw it away and you throw it away um, and you know like the old um, the ads for the old picnic bars would be like you start with this caramel wafer and then you do the peanuts and then the chocolate and like I think old ads used to be a lot more layery whereas now food ads are just the item of food being thrown around on a coloured background. <laughs> That's all food ads are. It's not, it's not here's a burger finally presented anymore. It's here's slices of onions pissing around all over the camera. Um, That's and, true. And so, and like every Coke ad is about how your life is worthless unless you're drinking Coke. Exactly. Mm. Um, and so, uh, you know, yeah, your life will be immeasurably improved by contracting diabetes. Mm. Um, and so uh, it, it is strange that the Good Morning Burger and the unnamed chocolate bar are both being voiced by the same person because it's very unlikely they're being done by the same company. Mm. I imagine the Good Morning Burger is being done by a Krusty Burger competitor. Yeah, named Good Morning Burger. No. Oh. Maybe. Uh, so making it the eponymous burger yeah <laughs> excellent that's i, I didn't welcome I, to eponymous burger <laughs> home of the eponymous i'll, I'll be burger. having your eponymous burger thanks <laughs> excellent um whereas it's very unlikely that there would be a, a, a well actually maybe maybe the chocolate bar is being sold by candy dandy 
Ooh, the candy dandy. The, the the shop we see in the opening credits. Yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe they were so enamored by the voiceover of the good the Good Morning Burger that they decided to hire the same voiceover actress. It's a little bit like how Sam Johnson from Secret Life of Us did every Hungry Jack's voiceover ad for about twelve years. <laughs> I mean, it's not that unlikely that the candy dandy would maybe try like branching out into burgers. Maybe trying to make a sit down experience within his dandy shop. What? So then you'd have you'd have Burger Fergler, a, a, a <laughs> subsidiary of Candy Dandy. The Burger Fergler. Well, I don't know. You try to you try to think of a word that rhymes with burger. Go on. Uh, it could be fun on a bun. Oh, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. Oh, oh, oh! I know exactly what it could be. Okay. Because if, if what you're doing, especially with the Good Morning Burger, yep. is that they're focusing on the disc of meat that forms the burger, so it becomes the patty party. Patty party. Okay. Yeah. Pa. Patty. Okay. Pretty cool. good. Pretty good. All right. So when are we starting this business? <laughs> what the, the the patty party or the burger fogler? <laughs> Burglar Fergler, I think that's the one we're going with. <laughs> Welcome to Burglar Fergler. <laughs> I'll have the Fergal Burger, thanks. <laughs> Would you like some Fergal fries with that? Yeah, can I get a Wangle shake? <laughs> fuck, I snorted. Laughs so hard, I snorted. We'll build it on top of Fuck Mountain. <laughs> the whole experience. <laughs> I want to go to Fuck Mountain. David, 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 now. Now, 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 now. The uh, Millhouse and uh, Kimmy Robinson from Twin Peaks start kissing very quickly, very soon after they watch Millhouse and Kimmy Fuzzy Gibble Bunny's from Guide to uh, You Know Watch, where they learn that you know premarital sex is bad. Basically, that's what the entire video is about. Yes. They start kissing very quickly. I think they really Millhouse really has some moves in sure. this episode. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, he's a he's a quick kisser. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Good on them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. lovely. Although Samantha really gets like screwed over in this episode, oh, over the course absolutely, of it. yeah, She's really gets her entire much. life like ripped out from under her. Which actually, they never really explain. I guess did she get transferred to Springfield because of a previous kissing incident? Is that meant to be the implication? No, no, no. She she says why she got transferred from Phoenix because ah. her dad has a home security company and they moved to Springfield due to the very high crime rates and lackluster police force. Ah, yeah, okay, yeah. And then I just got a, um, when she was talking about Phoenix, I got a pop punk song in my head called Phoenix Can Keep You. It's by Freshman 15. It's quite catchy. Oh, yes. Um, And yeah, but it's interesting that in the context of the the not particularly sex positive message contained within Fuzzy Bunny's Guide to You Know What, Mm. uh, and on top of that, the idea that after kissing one boy, Samantha's entire life is ruined. I'm not sure where this episode... I'm not sure what the takeaway from this episode well, is. I think uh, the the shitty video from 1971, the joke is meant to be, look mm. at how completely off this video is. Sure, 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 yeah. sure, sure, sure. But then the video, but then the episode of The Simpsons accidentally <laughs> mirrors it by Yeah, it doesn't ruining... really critique the fact that uh, Samantha being interested in a boy should not ruin her life. Yeah. In the way it does. Yeah. There is also, there's a bit of a theory that I've seen, I've talked about this on a previous episode, but this is one of the, like, episodes that really backs it up. There is a bit of a theory that Bart is in some ways uh, framed as a queer figure, whether he is asexual, bisexual, gay, it's not entirely clear, but Mm. definitely in this episode... He is framed as not only being like upset that Milhouse has a girlfriend, but fundamentally not understanding why he would want one. Yeah. Which is interesting. It is interesting, because I've always read that as just being a 10-year-old boy. Yep. But then Milhouse is also a 10-year-old boy, and he's clearly developing some interest. Yeah, and the census doesn't really treat like child ages as though they were children they're yeah, always that's true playing older than they actually are that's true and so right maybe, down to an eight-year-old need to learn about copernicus you know so yeah. uh so maybe yeah that, that's uh, that is interesting actually mm. 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 yes mm. they go to the movies at one point and we get to see some movie names oh the movie names and the one that i wrote down that i was thinking about a lot was r.i.p uh roar and reverend Oh, see, I took that differently. I took that as Rip Roar and Reverend. But it was all in caps, R.I.P. But wasn't Roaring Reverend also all in caps? Was it? Oh, well, Rip Roar would make more sense. Yeah. 
I mean, R.I.P. Roaring Reverend does sound great. <laughs> Some guy who was just like, And lo, the Bible said... And then he died. Um, <laughs> Jesus, good. Um, this made me think about... Uh, I'm just going to take a sip of water after ruining my throat. A little while ago, a few years ago, I was hanging out with some friends in Melbourne. Motorbike Mike is going to be confused as fuck about why I'm screaming about the Bible, though. <laughs> He's going to drive past and be like, What the fuck, man? Usually I'm the one rip burn. <laughs> motorbike Mike. Very good. Uh, this reminds me of a... Of an idea I had for a comic book once that I'd sort of forgotten about and then remembered while watching this. It was called Gunwheel. It's about a man who rode around in a car where the wheels were made out of guns. Someday I'll revisit that concept. I sketch it all out with some people in Melbourne. It's all going to be about a guy whose car's wheels were made out of guns. So he would kill people by driving his car, firing bullets everywhere. It was very silly. Wow. Yeah. Were the guns pointing perpendicular to the direction of travel like from out of the hubcaps or were the, or were the wheels just guns the wheels were just guns doesn't matter right <laughs> i'm i question the physics of this premise but yes I'm, but I'm, as, as is reasonable to do but i'm excited to see hey by the way i've got a good have i have a, this is only the briefest of tangents in that i'm about to make a joke about a mode of transport have i ever told you my good celebrity spotting tip no, Nick. You can, what is it? If you want to meet former contestants of The Price is Right, just get on Gumtree or eBay and search secondhand jet ski. <laughs> you might get them, or you might get the costume designer from the movie Phantom Thread, who won a jet ski at the Oscars and then said he was going to give it away. Are they giving away jet skis at the Oscars? I think it was like Jimmy Kimmel gave a jet ski to the person who delivered the shortest speech. To encourage people to deliver short speeches. Fuck. What a bizarre idea. What's up with Jimmy Jetski? My new name for Jimmy Me, Kimmel. Jimmy Jetski. <laughs> I was with the song from the Jetsons and just it just names the people. I mean, this is a uh, show set in the future. We've already done that material. We've done it on the podcast. On the podcast. Um, What's the deal? Martin's, oh, I can't, I'm sorry, I, I looked judgmentally up at the screen because I knew you peaked and then I, was, I remembered my R.I.P. Roaring Reverend bit where I blew the camera up and threw it away. Camera? camera. Microphone. Have you been recording us on camera? Always. Um, I enjoy when uh, Bart visits Martin and Martin plays the lute. Yes, I like he, that. He plays a song and I've, I've noted the lyrics down here, James. Yep. Come home, mighty warrior, yep. for now the nets are full of fish. <laughs> that is good. What a pleasant little lute song. That is lovely. I have been uh, mishearing, actually, the uh, lyrics to that song this whole time. What have you been hearing them as? I've been hearing, we're up all night to the sun, we're up all night to get some, we're up all night for good fun, we're up all night to get lucky. Oh. I thought it was the top hit of the summer. Uh, is that... I don't know who Get Lucky's by. Daft Punk. Yes. That's what I... Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I regret to inform you that you are wrong. That's unfortunate. Which means it's now recess everywhere but in your heart. That's Another true. line that is lovely. And this was in the era of Ralph where he would just pop in with these nice little lines. They hadn't cemented him as being a fuckwit yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was just a clever little boy who would pop up like, Hey guys, it's me. I got some things to say. Very wriggly. So there's a whole B-plot we have barely discussed. Where Homer uh, listens to vocabulary tapes. Yes. And then starts saying things like the triumphant of Twinkies merely overwhelmed my uh, my resolve. Yes. Yeah. Triumvirate. Great word. Yeah. Good plotline. I enjoy it. Uh, yes. I enjoy the vocabulary building word because as p- listeners to the show would have noticed, I am a pretentious idiot that enjoys using unnecessarily long words. Yeah. To me, it's like, like, hey. like good and shit or whatever when he like does that thing. Not a fan of you segueing out of me saying I'm a pretentious idiot with you saying, yeah, and then just rolling into your next sentence. I'm allowed to make fun of you, but no one else is, all right? That's the rule. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, but you're like smart and shit or whatever. Oh, it's I like see. fine. I see the joke you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's run its course. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> I do like that when the guy packs away the, the, the vocabulary tape, he just says, enjoy this fatso. Yeah. That's good. And um, Homer... 
gains 13 pounds in one week. That's a lot. That's a fuck ton. That's a lot. Mm. It's too much. Mm. That's quite a lot. Good episode. Um, I don't... I used to be a big fan of Homer's thing about uh, not being able to remember the word spoon. Yeah. Um, but I also don't like it because it's the implication that when he stopped listening to the vocabulary tape, he became dumber than he was before. I suppose, but I liked it because it hits very close to home because I feel like I often just forget things that I should remember. Right. Like I'll just... Uh, Birthdays, medication. Yeah, people's like, names, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. You're damn right, Joseph. Yep, yep. And like birthdays and like medication and people's names and things like that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So something that I don't think we've talked about in this episode yet, but uh, who could say? Um, maybe I have forgotten. Is Lisa is reading Eternity magazine, and there's a oh yes yeah yes fuck there's a wonderful bit where she says, "Hey Bart, did you know according to Eternity magazine, uh, due to evolution, in another million years, man will have another finger," and then I believe Bart says, five fingered freak show." Yes. Now, are we to take from this? That The Simpsons is actually set a, a million years in our past. Now you're holding up your hand as you say this, and I can't help but notice that you have five fingers, if we count thumbs as fingers. I have five digits. Yeah. Which is the what? The thumb, which to me is the fifth finger. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, uh, so I take from this that The Simpsons is a million years in the past, and mm. that... The reason why, uh, you know, no one in the... I think we talked in the very last episode about how if you blow up Homer's um, character model to to modern human size, yes. he looks horrifying. It's not because he's merely a cartoon. It's not because these are crude representations of humanity. It's not because it is an exaggerated representation of humanity designed to be stood out easily on a smaller TV screen. Hmm. It's merely the course of evolution. All, all men used to look like Homer a million years ago. Yes. All women had hair that was either Helen Lovejoy or Marge. There were no other hairs. Yeah, people aged very, very differently, and they never need to express the fact that they were aging differently because no. this is how they lived. That's how they lived. I think this is... And look, I'm not sure if this is Omelette Flip Universe. Maybe it is. Maybe, because there are some obviously some elements of modernity in the Simpsons world, right? Yeah, yeah. The cars, uh, televisions. Yes, but if um, we know that time micro- is a... F- microwave meals. <laughs> microwaved meals, yes. But, um, time oh, being a flat circle, though. We, yeah. Have I told you my favourite way to think about microwaves? Is this the right time for whatever that's going to be? So, so microwaves, right, cook using, um, oh God, a band of the... Oh, hang on, I'm going to have to look up some terms. Here's something I'd like to think about. If we're looking at The Simpsons being a million years in the past, what was Matt Groening's next project after The Simpsons? <sighs> Futurama. Futurama, yes. So he's got this one in the past. He's got Futurama well in in the the future. future. Averaging out to be right now. Well, (laughs) kind of. Averaging out to be about 500,000 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the point is, he can't focus on the present day. Mm. I'm sorry. I've ruined the flow of all this. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. It's fine. (laughs) How do I segue back into that? Um, so, microwaves. My favourite way to think about microwaves, right? Because microwaves are, as in, uh, not not the devices, but the actual... The tiny waves. The waves like known see as with microwaves. Your hand yeah, yeah, with my little hand movement. They are a band of the electromagnetic spectrum. Uh, also, the electromagnetic spectrum is one of my favourite bands, yes. Lovely. Carry on. Very nice. Also in the electromagnetic spectrum is the whole spectrum of visible light. Mm. Which means that if you wanted to be poetic about it, you could think of microwaves using invisible colours to cook food. That's what I wanted to say about microwaves. Okay, okay. Um, I think it's a very nice... It's, it's a lovely, and that's how they would cook a million years ago, you're saying? 
Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, and so a million years ago in the past... But because we know time is a flat circle like an omelette and then sometimes yep. if you fold the omelette into itself and the little gooey bits in the middle yep. may blur the lines between the two layers of the flat circle of the omelette. Yes. Uh, this is the omelette flip universe. We've delved, yes. We've gone very, very deep into this theory in mm. previous episodes. Um of this, pause yeah, in the key. You're taking Spring- notes, yeah. Pause in the key of Springfield, the online podcast that is also a podcast. You gotta stop doing that. I know. <laughs> I really enjoy it. No one else does. Um, it is um, it is likely that the past million years ago Simpsons and the current modern day cars and microwaves world that they are depicting yep. have flipped. Like an omelette. You're drawing a picture come of this. together. It's just like a few lines. And, okay. the, and the goo, the gooey bits of egg protein that are, that are not quite set in the middle of the two layers. That's where the show exists. This is more evidence of it. Because we, we have cars. We have televisions and microwaves. But we also have five fingers, James. That's five true. Five digits. Four th- fingers and a thumb. <laughs> who I consider to be the fifth finger in the hand. Yes. Um... Uh, so I think I'm, I'm going to use this word. I'm going to say incontrovertible proof of my egg flip omelette theory. Yes. Yeah, so, so the Simpsons exist within that liminal state, you might say. Liminal. Liminal. If I ever set up an omelette bar, it's going to be called liminal. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's a good idea. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Are you planning on setting up an omelette bar, by the way? Oh, have I not told you my plans to set up an omelette bar? It's going to be called Liminal. Okay. Have we talked about the bad memory thing? Have I um, have I not told you that I'm setting up my own omelette bar? Are you oh, sure? What's yours going to be called? Eggs are cracking. Are you sure you want to be oh. in direct competition? Eggs are cracking. The he's better than Yeah, it is. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Look, the downside is I'm not good at making omelettes, but I'll learn. You know, um, you know, you, you know what they say. Like you have to crack a few eggs to learn how to make a good omelette. Nice. Unfortunately, I've only got twelve. So if I don't learn really fast, then you might be a bit stuck. Mm. Um, well, I think we're. There's no yolk. Have you got, have you got more notes for? Oh fuck! Have you got more notes for Bart's friend falls in love? Uh, no. All right. Well. <laughs> Um, I've actually got a line to exit on today, so that's, that's nice. Okay. And um, in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook at Pods and Key Springfield. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Key Springfield. You can send us an email at Pods and the Key Springfield at gmail.com. Instagram is also Pods and the Key of Springfield. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I apologize. Yeah. Just click the links at the bottom we're of the online. podcast. You can find us. We're around. And um, thank you, as always, for listening to our bullshit. Yes. It's heartening. It, it is heartening. Yep. And, um, Rate and review or whatever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and as we say every week here on Pods of the Key of Springfield, Wizzle Wuzzle. Let's go whip donuts at old people. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Interesting. Do we have a thing at the top of this? I don't know. It seems like we started this. Like four hours ago, <laughs> even though it's actually it hasn't well, been that long. It's been an hour and eight. But the funny part is, yeah, it's been. Um, I got to a point where I was about to talk about something else to do with the million year finger thing, and then I went, "Oh fuck, we've been recording for an hour and seven minutes, even with the like forty-five <laughs> seconds of silence while I Google something. This is still going too long." So in the middle of, I haven't talked to my favorite thought about microwaves. What? <laughs> I just think it's a really nice poetic... <laughs> it is, it is. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Good times, good times. Good show last night. Yeah, quite good. Yeah, quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there will be no encore.